our favorite superheroes in this clip from Captain America Civil War. Christians have been known on occasion to fight with each other. Instead of fighting in a, uh, in a unified way against the forces of darkness and evil in the world, we bicker and we fight with one another, especially when it comes to theological issues. We disagree about how to interpret scripture. We uh, have different ways of doing baptism. Maybe we fight about how loud our music is or the color of the carpet in our church. Deep down, we know that if we fight about these things, we're going to hurt people, but we do it anyways because I'm right and they're wrong. Christians as a whole need to do a better job of considering the consequences of our civil wars. And we need to do a better job of living at peace with one another. Because when we fight, there are a variety of things that happen. As Vision says later in this movie, conflict breeds catastrophe. When Christians fight, feelings are hurt. Relationships are destroyed. People walk out of the doors of a church and they never come back. And it's not just the church that gets hurt as well. The world is watching. The world sees how Christians seem to hate one another. And in the end, it's ultimately God whose reputation is harmed. It's God whose name is dirtied among people who don't even know him. Christians fight. And Christian infighting is actually the topic of our current series here at Rooftop, which we're calling Food Fight. Because in the ancient church at Rome, that was the topic Christians were fighting amongst themselves about, what food they could eat. Now, the series we're in is walking through the book of Romans. And we've been in an extended series here uh, on Romans at Rooftop. And in the first part of this series, we looked at what this guy named Paul had to say about who Jesus was. And in the second half of Romans, we've been looking at what Paul has to, has to say about how Christians should live in response to who Jesus was. And for the past several weeks, we've been looking at what Paul has to say about what Christians should do when they disagree with each other, when they get into these food fights. And Paul has been very clear in Romans chapters 14 and 15 that Christians shouldn't fight with one another. In Romans 14.1, Paul was very clear. He said, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel. That is, when Christians have different perspectives on things, they shouldn't fight about them, especially when those issues are what Paul calls disputed matters. Things about faith, things about life that are important, but aren't ultimately as important as the core of Christianity. Instead, as Pastor Matt talked about last week, those in the church who are strong should bear with the failings of those who are weak, and not to please ourselves. In other words, Christian unity, so that God's work can advance, is actually really important 
And in our passage for today, Paul is continuing his conversation about Christian unity. And he's continuing it with a prayer. And uh, so join with me, follow along as I read Paul's prayer this morning from Romans 15, 5, and 6. He prays, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was pretty short, so I'm going to read it again. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this passage is short, but it's rich with meaning. And the most important message that Paul has for us here is that Christians should fast from food fights and focus on Christ. We should fast from food fights and focus on Christ. That is, when Christians have the opportunity to disagree with one another, we should treat those opportunities in the same way that someone who is fasting, someone who is intentionally not eating, would approach food. We should avoid it. We shouldn't have anything to do with those food fights. Because, Paul says, when you fast from food fights and you focused on Christ, you glorify God. And as Paul explains kind of this big idea in this prayer, he has three principles that are really important. And I'm going to walk us through those really fast. So Paul's first principle is that God provides us the tools to fast from food fights. God provides us the tools to fast from food fights. In verse 5, Paul says that God is the God of endurance and encouragement. Right? And that's good because Christians need to endure with one another and to encourage one another so that we don't kill one another. And as God provides these tools, Christians can do this second thing that Paul is talking about, and that is live in harmony with one another. That is, Paul is saying it's, it's good to not fight, but that's not the only thing you need to do. You actually need to live in unity with other people who follow Jesus. Real unity, interior and exterior unity. It's kind of like how things were in the Prolo household growing up. I am the oldest of five kids, so there was the five of us and then mom and dad, and one of the things you learn in a family of that size is the, the difference between peace and peace. There's one kind of peace that is simply the absence of active conflict. And there's the other sort of peace where there's actual unity and harmony among the people involved. And as my siblings and I were growing up, we would very often be in that first state of peace. We wouldn't actively be trying to kill each other, but we were always ready to if the need presented itself. But as we've gotten older, my siblings and I have developed this second kind of peace, the peace that is harmonic and united, so united that we sometimes wear the same clothes. And this sort of encompassing peace, the peace where you're not ready to fight with people, is actually what Paul is calling Christians to here. He's calling us to be 
in harmony with one another. True harmony. Harmony that you can see, that you can experience, that you can touch. Harmony you can really hear. And so Paul calls us to live in harmony with one another. And the third principle that Paul gives us is that the purpose of this harmony is to glorify God. Verse 6, he calls, he asks that the church together may live, I'm sorry, together with one voice may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. When people see how united and how harmonious Christians are, when they see the love of God in us, when they see how good God is, people, normal everyday people, should be able to glorify God. What Paul is hoping for here is actually very similar to something that Jesus said about Christian love. In the Gospel of John, he said, By this all people will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. In the third century, a Christian named Tertullian of Carthage was reporting on uh, Christianity in his city. And he said that the Christians in his city loved one another so much and so clearly that the pagans in the city, those who didn't follow Jesus, were able to say about the Christians See how they love one another. See how they love one another. Because when the church is in harmony with itself, we can glorify God and we can show his love to the world. And so here in Romans 15, 5, and 6, Paul is starting to bring to a close his conversation about food fights. And he's saying that Christians need to fast from food fights and focus on Christ so that God may be glorified. But the truth is that Christians have done a fantastically bad job of this throughout history. We haven't done a very good job believing and living out Paul's call to harmony here. And in fact, Christians are often better known for their divisions than for their harmony. You see, while the early church seems to have done a decent job staying unified under the leadership of the apostles, under the leadership of the earliest followers of Jesus, by the time that the last books of the New Testament were written, it's already evident that there are pretty clear divisions in the church. And those divisions only continued throughout church history. In fact, as you look at about 2,000 years of church history, it's pretty evident that about every 500 years or so, there's this massive division that occurs where one large group of Christians says to another large group of Christians, I don't think you're a Christian, and they divide from each other. Now, I want to be clear, not every division in church history has come about because of a disputable matter. Sometimes the divisions have been because of core issues. But the unfortunate reality of where we are today is that for the past 500 years or so, Christians have made disputable matters the reason that they have divided from other Christians. According to the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, 
There are something like 47,000 different denominations of Christian today. And remember, denominations are just kind of those formal organizations of Christian. Catholicism is a denomination. There are different denominations of Lutheran and Methodist and Presbyterian. 47,000. Now, by happy accident, this actually uh, happens to be something uh, that has led to one of my favorite things, and that is odd church names. You see, because Christians are, are really good at differentiating themselves from each other. So imagine with me for a minute that you're at the Holiness Church, right? And uh, you're in the Holiness Church, and you decide the Holiness Church isn't for you, you're going to start a different church. So you start the True Holiness Church. And then a few years down the road, you realize, you know what? <clears throat> the people in the True Holiness Church, they're actually heretics. Well, they're not really that holy. I'm going to start the True Original Holiness Church. Right? And this is how Christians seem to name themselves and name their churches. And so I want to show you three of my favorite examples here. And the first one is this, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Now, if you know anything about Christianity, you might know that there's an African church and a Methodist church and an Episcopal church, but here they're all kind of joined together. Another one of my favorites is this one. The Heritage New Life Restoration Fire Baptized Holiness Church of, the, oh, church of God in the Americas. There were a couple of church splits before they got to that name. And perhaps my very favorite, the Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church of the Absolute Predestinarian Faith and Order. The Absolute Predestinarian Faith and Order. Now, to me, these are kind of funny. But the truth is, none of these churches is all that funny. Because to get to here, Christians divided from one another. People were hurt. The world saw a bunch of Christians who hated each other. And God's name was absolutely not glorified. And for those of us who have grown up in the church, or who have spent a whole lot of time in the church, this might seem normal. This is just how things are. Christians have all these denominations. Christians are divided from one another. This is just the way the world is. Except, it's not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to fast from food fights and focus on Christ. And it's really the second part of that statement that's really important. The focusing on Jesus part. In our opening clip from Civil War, we saw what happens when people lose focus on their goal. With the Avengers, they forgot that they were supposed to be fighting the bad guys, and so they fought the good guys. With the church, we seem to have lost our focus on our one Lord, Jesus. You see, this is actually the linchpin that Paul gives us here in our passage for this morning. He, call, he prays that the church would live in such harmony with one another 
in accord with Christ Jesus. Because it is only in Christ that the church has unity. It is only by following the example of Jesus, and it is only by focusing on him that Christians could ever hope to have any sort of meaningful unity with each other that could glorify God. It's only because of Christ's life that we know how to live a God-honoring life. It's only because of Christ's death that we are free from the power of sin and death in our lives. It is only because of Christ's resurrection that we have the hope of eternal life. And it is only because of Christ's promise to come again that we have the expectation that all of our divisions and denominations and hurts and pains in this world are going to be taken care of someday. The number one question that the pastoral staff has received during this series is, what is an essential issue and what is a disputable issue? That is, what's core to Christianity and what's a food fight? And that's a really good question that I don't have an answer for. But I can tell you where to start. Start with Jesus. Start there. Focus on Christ. Make following Jesus the basis for your relationship with other Christians. Proclaim together that the only Son of God came to earth, lived and died and was raised from the dead and is coming again. Start there. Because that is the basis for any sort of meaningful Christian unity. Focusing on Christ. Now, don't miss the reality of what Paul is saying here, though. Don't take this as some, all right, if we just all follow Jesus and sing Kumbaya, everything will be okay. Because Paul is very real as he talks about this. He is praying that Christians will find unity with each other, even in difficult situations. Romans 15.1 here. Paul says that he expects us to have to deal with each other's failings. We have to be unified even when we're doing life with broken and sinful people. That's kind of hard, broken at living with broken and sinful people. Just ask my wife. Haley will tell you, it is hard to live with Jacob because he is a broken, sinful, selfish, arrogant jerk, and a few other things that I won't repeat here. It's hard to live with broken people. Life together is tough. It's only by God's grace that we could ever hope to really fast from food fights and focused on Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? How do we bring to reality this prayer that, God, that Paul is praying to God? How do we fast from food fights? I have four suggestions for you. The first 
is to focus on Christ every day. This means thinking of yourself in right relation to God, understanding who God is and what he has done for you. And then in response to that, living in sacrificial love to others. Not considering yourself better than someone else. Not rubbing your food fight victories in someone else's face when you beat them. Focus on Christ. One way that I do this, or at least I try to do this, is by using this qu a question developed from uh, Martin Luther's small catechism. And the question is this. How can I remember today that Christ died for me? How can I remember today that Christ died for me? That is, what can I think, what can I say, what can I do that reminds me of the good news of God in a way that will affect how I live? Now, to focus on Christ, you don't have to ask yourself that question. There are a lot of other things you could do. You could read the scriptures. You could read a devotional. Maybe you could listen to music, keep a journal. Maybe you're creative and artistic, and you can use that in some way. I have a friend who uh, focuses on Christ every day in his garden. He gets down, and he gets his hands in the dirt, and that is how he focuses on Christ every day. Whatever you do, do something that keeps at the forefront of your mind the good news of God and your job to love God and love people in response to that. Focus on Christ every day. The second thing we can do is we can commit to community. In case you haven't noticed, being in harmony with other people actually requires other people. You can't love your neighbor by yourself. You actually have to have a neighbor. You have to be in community. You have to do things together. Paul's language is very clear here. We're in this together. That's why here at Rooftop, we worship together on Sunday mornings. It's why we do life together in small groups. It's why we serve together in our church and in our community. And there's actually a small group here at Rooftop that does a really good job of this, both of focusing on Christ every day and committing to community. They have a text thread that they use, and every day they are on there praying for each other, encouraging each other, pointing each other to Christ. They recognize that life is hard, but togetherness is the means that God has given us to be unified and to show his love to the watching world. And so they are committed to community. The third thing we can do, the third thing we can do is pray for the harmony of the church. Don't forget, this is a prayer we're looking at this morning. And we can follow Paul's example to pray for the unity of the church. And I actually want us to do that right now. I'm going to be quiet for a few seconds. And as I'm quiet, I want you to pray that we would fast from food fights and focus on Christ here at Rooftop. Let's pray. Amen. 
as you lift up other things to God in prayer, don't forget to pray for the unity of his church as well. And the final thing we can do to fast from food fights is we can examine ourselves for disharmony. Where is it that you're not glorifying God? I want you to think of a person with me. Is there someone in your life that you're fighting with? Is there someone in your life that you just have to endure? Is there someone who drains all of your energy from you and you just need to avoid? You have that person in mind? Don't you be that person to someone else. Examine yourself for disharmony. Focusing, fasting from food fights and focusing on Christ means living at peace with other people, and it also means being peaceful people ourselves. We've been called to do the hard work of living in true harmony with other people. Don't make it hard on your fellow brothers and sisters. By focusing on Christ and committing to community, praying for harmony, and examining ourselves for disharmony, we can bring glory to God, and we can show his love to the watching world. And I want you to imagine with me for a moment what that might look like. Imagine if Christians would fast from food fights and focus on Christ. Imagine if we stopped fighting amongst ourselves and with one voice glorified God. Imagine if the world could say about us, see how they love one another. Imagine 47,000 different denominations of Christians harmonizing together as they focus on Christ. And one of the beautiful things about this thought experiment is we actually hear about what this might look like in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 5, John, who is having a vision of heaven, looks and he says, Then I looked, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. Here's everyone saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. You see, in the end, Christ resolves our dissonance and he brings true harmony. May we learn to fast from food fights and focused on Christ so that we can glorify God on earth as it will be in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for Paul's example of what it means to fast from food fights and to focus on your son. Thank you for your church, that you will never leave us or forsake us, even when we make our ways and our divisions seem more important than you. Father, help us. Help us to focus on Christ, to live in community with one another, to remember to pray for harmony, and to examine ourselves for disharmony.
Lord, help us to die to ourselves and to focus more fully on sharing the good news of your son, Jesus, who came to this earth to live and die so that we don't have to. Father, bring us into deeper harmony with each other here at Rooftop and throughout your church on earth that we may together glorify you before a dark and needy world. We ask all this. In